We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're talking championship roster management, how to bring home your title using the waiver wire to your advantage on Rotoviz Radio. What's up, Rotoviz? Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Curtis Patrick, joined by Dave Cabin. Dave, it is upon us, man. It's the final week of the regular season in uh, managed fantasy football leagues. And this is this is a really fun week strategically. It's kind of been building over the past month or so, but now like everything's come into focus, right? So whether you're in just a, a regular you know, home with your, you know, with your friends home style league, where this is the last week and and you're priming yourself for what's going to happen in the playoffs, or maybe this is, you know, early playoffs in like a high stakes format, like over at ffpc.com where we play our high stakes redraft every year. Maybe you're trying to win your regular season slash uh, division title in preparation for a mega tournament. Either way, this is a really important waiver wire week. Most leagues are well past their trade deadline and it's time, man. It's time to stash those benches. It's time to play a little defense to go on offense. It's the 4D chess week, man. And it's a fun one. Um, really, this is one of the reasons that I like co-owning teams with you and some of the other Rotoviz owners over the year, because we have a chance to put our heads together and try to play out what's going to happen over the next couple of weeks and I think we're going to do that with a bit of an open hand with one of our teams on this episode uh, today. We are co-owning a team with a Rotoviz listener, Adam Schimpf. He won one of our uh, contests in the summer, one of our giveaways to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Podcast Fantasy Pros Championship team. Dave is in the championship, oh, and yeah. we're we're playing for the rights to go to the big dance, playing for a little cash. This week, so we can't let Adam down. We've got to have a good episode today, and then we're going to use some of the road of his tools uh, and articles from earlier this week just to kind of supplement the conversation. So this is going to be fun-filled and action-packed. Uh, I hope you're ready, Dave. So ready, we just hit the sound effect, and we even get it right. <laughs> All right, man, I love it. So uh, okay, so kind of to set the stage here. 
the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Podcast Fantasy Pros Championship team. Um, it was a little bit of a slow starter. Uh, we were a middling team for a lot of the season that ended up getting hot um, later in the year. So I'm going to kind of run down some of the primary uh, contributors from this squad. Um, I guess I'll, I'll lead off by saying this was the three seed in the in the league tournament. We had an uh, eight and four regular season record came out of the 12 week regular season as the three seed, which means we are not guaranteed an appearance in the fantasy pro championship uh, end of the season tournament. We have to win. We have to win the division title. And so we, we won our, our first week matchup, Dave, we needed 0.61 points from Christian Kirk on Monday night football. And Dave, he ran like, one route, got one target, caught it, and then exited the game. I, so yeah, it never count your chickens before they're hatched it, <laughs> because we almost didn't make it when it felt like a gimme, you know? Yeah, that might have been a top five craziest finish for a given league just with the way that, <laughs> that I've had in the game, just the way that went down. It was wild. So, so Kirk makes the catch. We win the matchup by, you know, a couple of points because it was a big catch. And so now, you know, we're in the title game. It's actually the three seed versus the four seed, a pair of upsets in, in, the, in the division tournament here uh, over on my FFPC.com. So here's what our team looks like. And then I really want to talk about how we can best approach the waiver wire uh, in, in this situation. So we've got Jalen Hurts, a quarterback, feeling great about that. James Conner, who we were missing for a nice chunk of the season, came back and has been pretty helpful to this roster. And we had Brees Hall. This was a team where we really kind of did the hero RB thing where we even waited before we took Brees Hall. Um, so kind of a classic Rotoviz um, draft here with, you know, going early on tight end, early on quarterback, waiting on running back for the most part. So Brees and James Conner, the backs, James Conner's on by for this championship week, Dave. So it'll probably be Keaton Mitchell getting the uh, spot start for this squad along with Brees Hall. We have Keenan Allen, our boy at wide receiver, uh, we also have Christian Kirk at wide receiver, but it looks like he could be out this week. I think he's going to be. Um, so we're going to have to, yeah, we're going to have to m- make up for him. And he would have had a, a reasonably tough matchup anyway against the Brownies on the road. So that might have been a decision point for us anyway. So joining Keenan Allen probably in the wide receiver two spot will be George Pickens. We've got Travis Kelsey at tight end. Um, Dalton Kincaid as one of our flexes, of course, this is a tight end premium. Uh, format and then Elijah Moore, man, I we couldn't have asked for a better time for Joe Flacco to join this team because he and Elijah Moore had that rapport going back to their New York Jets days, <laughs> and Elijah Moore with like his best game of the season last week, so he's hitting stride at the perfect time for this roster. And then we've got a pair of strong defenses to choose from here, Dave, in Pittsburgh and Indy, and we've got Jake Elliott and Brandon McManus at kicker. So some of the things we're going to have to think about here. Are one, what you know, first and foremost, what do we need to do to win this week? Because if we don't win this week, we're not in the one and two seed from our division are already in. We must win this game to get into the tournament. So that takes priority over anything else. If we have an opportunity to play defense against this um, uh, uh, opponent, we might want to do that. And then we also need to make uh, sure that we have a little bit of redundancy, um, especially at the onesie positions. You never want to bank on your squad, you know, having enough depth to get through, you know, the next month, basically Uh, it would be unwise, even if you have, you know, 
you know, if you've got Travis Kelsey, you know, you should still have a backup tight end right. on your team. Um, right. And so we're going to need to make sure that we feel comfortable at quarterback uh, tight end. And then in this case, Dave kicker and defense, I think we're also going to want um, a backup option because just, you know, it's, well, at minimum kicker, you could argue maybe defense, you just take what you can get um, if, if we needed to prioritize another position. So that's kind of what we've got going on there. We do have CJ Stroud, uh, as our other quarterback. So that's going to be interesting as we think about the tournament element of this, will there be weeks where we would want to maybe start him over Jalen hurts, but that's getting ahead of ourselves. So I think what we should do, um, to kind of play this with an open hand here is let's look at our opponent's team, see how we feel about this matchup and then take a look at the waiver wire and see, you know, what our priorities are. Um, so let's pull up Piper's crew. Yeah, it's always a little bit different in in, in this week uh, where the moves that you're making are pretty much in isolation. It's just you and the other team. So you can do some fun things uh, that you might not normally be able to do. So, so Piper's crew, Dave, is sporting Trevor Lawrence and Sam Howell at quarterback. So right away, we, we see a problem developing here, right? Yes. So Trevor Lawrence probably out. Um, Sam Howell on by. So we can start to think about, okay, let's make a note. What's available at quarterback on the waiver wire. We may want to block here. Yep. If we could saddle our opponent with a zero at quarterback, that's, that's the ultimate, uh, that's the ultimate trump card here. Yep. He's also got Ramondre Stevenson at running back. Oh boy. Um, who is not going to be available. Terry McLaurin will not be available at wide receiver. Um, Trey McBride will not be available at tight end. So this is starting to shape up as a situation where we're going to play a little bit of a weekend opponent, especially if we, we handle the waiver wire properly. Yes. Now he did have Josh Jacobs out last week and we'll get him back. He's going to, he has Ty J Spears on this team, you know, pending Derrick Henry's health, you know, that might be a situation where he gets a little bit of a shot in the arm there. Um, but this squad just has Tucker Kraft and Darren Waller at tight end behind McBride. Yeah. So we might also want to take a look at what's out there on the waiver wire at tight end to play a little bit of defense there too. I mean, this is really a squad where he's going to need blow up weeks from Tony Pollard, Josh Jacobs and AJ Brown um, to get it done there. It's kind of piecemealed around that. So if we handle this correctly, I feel pretty good about our chances. Any Anything stick out there as you think about uh, our matchup before we take a look at what's on the wire? Well, I think one thing that could be kind of interesting is, in effect, trying to kill two birds with one stone, grabbing, and maybe on this team because we have the two tight ends, because right we have Travis Kelsey and Dalton, uh, Dalton Kincaid, doesn't make as much sense, but sometimes what you can do is kind of prevent the person while also identifying a player that you like that can bolster your team as you move through the other rounds, assuming you get there because you're kind of, you know, locked into what you have once you enter those rounds. So that's one thing. The mention of blocking the quarterback sounds like a lot of fun. So I'm very excited to take a look through there. Uh, those are my high level thoughts. All right. So the next thing that we're going to do. So before we identify some, some players, um, we, we need to take a look at the free agent auction bidding balances. So Piper's crew has $48 available. We have $177 available. And this is the last week that you can make bids um, in this format on FFPC. You know, some, some of you listening, maybe you're allowed to make 
uh, waiver wire transactions, you know, throughout the playoffs. If that's the case, this is slightly less applicable to you. Um, But I would argue now is still the time to make the moves. You'd rather have those players that you, you know, that that might be valuable over the next month now than have to compete with the dollars you have left a couple weeks from now. So this is a, a situation where you make tomorrow's moves today. We are in a great spot here, Dave, because as I look at that, that balance, we could basically outbid Piper's crew on the top three available players before, yes. before he could win a bid. If we just bid $49, play, $49 on our top three players, we can totally block him. Yeah, it's kind of a dream um, scenario, really. It, it, it absolutely is a dream scenario. So the, the big opportunity we have here is at quarterback. So there, there are a number of quarterbacks available that could be starting um, next week. We've got uh, Jake Browning, who looked great on Monday yeah, night uh, for the Bengals. Um, also, Joe Flacco is out there. And as I really expand here, we're, we're looking at Bailey Zappi, Aiden O'Connell, Jameis Winston. So as, as I look at Zach Wilson, who may be starting again, so there's actually quite a few options out there. We may want to consider taking the top two or three off the table yeah. if we feel like that's our surest path to a victory. So we'll want to talk a little bit about uh, that strategy at quarterback. If we flip over to the running back position, we just want to make sure there's not somebody that we ought to be adding for the stretch run here. Our depth is Keaton Mitchell, uh, Brees Hall, James Connor, Jeff Wilson, Royce Freeman, and Josh Kelly. So really right now you're looking at Kelly, Freeman and Wilson only having injury contingency value, but Hall, Connor and Mitchell all could be pretty valuable uh, if we're able to just to get into the dance. So as we look at the running back position now, we see, uh, I I think DeAndre Swift has questionable health uh, this week. You know, this would be a really deep stash because he's been a healthy scratch the last couple of weeks. You know, we're not going to get, we're not going to get Boston Scott um, or, um, Oh, geez. I'm having a total. Sean Penny, Kenny Gainwell. Gainwell. Gain, we're not going to get Gainwell or Scott, but Penny uh, is out there. We need a, yet another injury for something like that. To and we come full circle back to Rashad Penny, as always. <laughs> um, some other interesting players out there, like Trey Sermon for the Colts with Jonathan Taylor now out. You know, he's the backup, I think, to, to Zach Moss. And then it's kind of fuzzy beyond that. We saw... Uh, Patrick Taylor out there. Um, uh, we, yeah, we saw Patrick Taylor out there for the Packers getting a little bit more run this past week. That's really about it in this particular league. If we look at wide receiver and uh, kind of sort this by. So Rashad Bateman is available. That might be interesting. Um, DJ Chark. That's really, I mean, I'm squinting pretty hard here, Dave. I can't see much beyond that. That I, There's nobody I mean, beyond that that I would be like, hey, I would rather have this player than potentially block my opponent from a QB. Right. I mean, like one, like, I don't know if you mentioned Parker Washington. Uh, with, I did not mention Parker Washington. Kirk out, he might be somebody that people look after. Of course, with them playing the Browns, it makes him less likely of an option to realistically add. I mean, beyond there. I don't think there are any names I can really tell myself a story on. Then at tight end, um, we have Kylan Granson. Now, 
he's been really spotty. Uh, he did have a pretty big game last week, and then now he's drawing the Bengals, who have really, really struggled with tight ends of late. So, I mean, the reason to add Granson here would be he's probably the most attractive tight end on the waiver wire um, considering matchup and recent usage. So I would imagine that our opponent's going to make a bid on Granson and beyond him. I don't really see any hope um, on this, on this tight end waiver wire. So I, I think Dave, it's really like, you know, do we, do we want to prioritize taking a player like Trey Sermon, Patrick Taylor, or even Rashad Penny are, do, do any of those receivers stand out or do we want to use most of our bids here? Um, you know, blocking our opponent, it's going to be a little bit difficult to try to um, thread the needle and get everything we want. We do have some players that we can cut loose. Um, I think Alan, Alan Lazard is a player that we could cut loose at this point. Yep. We actually have tried to drop him two weeks in a row, but we lost out yeah. uh, to, uh, in those bid opportunities. And if we wanted uh, to roll with one defense, we could potentially cut a defense. I kind of like the idea of being able to choose between Pittsburgh and the Indy, so I'm not sure I want to go that route. And we could opt to go with one kicker if we wanted to take our chances on avoiding a kicker injury. We have Jake Elliott and Brandon McManus. We'd probably just keep Elliott, I think, in that situation. So um, it looks like I think MVS and Lazard are two players that we could cut without really experiencing any pain. Yeah, I think th- those are two guys I would would not be opposed at all to letting go of. Uh, as I start to think about this, and we have to go back to the idea that for this specific team, we must win this week. I think yes. that we probably need to be the most focused on trying to prevent this team from having quarterback play. Uh, it's probably, to me, the the most important path forward. Uh you know, over getting the depth at running back. Uh, and I think as far as the kicker goes, I wouldn't mind having uh, the two guys to roll with. But I think in terms of the depth that I'm prioritizing, um, you know, that's not as much of a consideration as the things we, we mentioned prior. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. So if we're looking at the available quarterbacks, we know for sure that Joe Flacco is going to be starting um, this next week. We we know that Jake Browning is going to be starting this next week. Uh, we know that Aiden O'Connell would be starting this next week. And then if there's a possibility of 
Zach Wilson starting. There's a possible, uh, we think that Mitch Trubisky will probably start and it's possible that Jameis Winston could start. So those are the players that we would be thinking about here. Uh, I mean, Zappy also could potentially start, but you know, we've got Pittsburgh defense probably penciled in there who he would be facing. <laughs> so I don't really think that we need to worry much about, I mean, I would honestly welcome our opponent. I mean, he could, he could lose points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so I think we need to decide, you know, I, I think Flacco and Browning are probably the most dangerous here. Um, do uh, you could argue that Winston's in that category as well, but we're not really sure today on um, the status of Derek Carr. So, you know, it's possible that he will be playing and Winston wouldn't even be a threat. Yeah. And we would also have the option of making a claim on Winston Sunday morning because there will be one more waiver run. Mm. So if we wanted to play additional defense, if Winston is not picked up by our opponent right now, we could come back and do that. So I think... I'd be willing to take my chances on losing to Mitch Trubisky or Aiden O'Connell or Bailey Zappi uh, or even Zach Wilson. I would probably be the most concerned about trying to add Flacco and Browning here. Um, do you have a particular concern about any of those other guys or are we in alignment? No, I think we're, I think we're, we're in alignment there. And uh, actually before we started recording, cause it's Tuesday and I have all of the Monday game information. I did run the GLSP. It's now live on the site. In looking yes. through, none, I don't see anything for any of those guys that is particularly troubling. Uh, it does tend to like Flacco significantly more. Well, I don't know if I want to say significantly more, but it does like Flacco looks to be a little bit more of a problem there than Jake Browning. It's actually kind of funny in that you do see Flacco get um, 42% of his matches here. Ah, I'm having trouble... All right, I'm going to have to backtrack on that. I don't actually have the number here, but I know it liked Flacco a little bit more than you might have thought. Of course, there's only one game in there. So, uh, you know, take with that what you will. Um, but, yeah, I think those are the two quarterbacks I'd be most concerned with. All right, so if we wanted to pencil in cutting Lazard and MVS for those two quarterbacks, um, we could then... I mean, we, we would put these guys on our roster and then presumably cut them in the Sunday morning waiver run to replace them with receivers, mm -hmm. um, thereby blocking our opponent from rostering either of these guys. He would have to you know make claims on the, the lesser quarterbacks and roll with one of them, and then we could restock our bench the way that we wanted to. So I think what we would enter in here is drop Lazard, drop MVS, add those two quarterbacks. And then, um, then we really just need to have a conversation about, you know, do we feel like we'd want to cut, I guess, Brandon McManus, do we want to cut him to block, uh, to pick up Kylan Granson and then potentially drop Granson for a, ki a second kicker on Sunday morning. Well, I guess if we think or, or about are we it, we're not even worried about Granson. I guess I was going to say, if we think about it from the perspective of, perspective of realistically, like what type of damage could Granson do? Um, you know, it's, it's hard to think you really, he could do more than, I don't know, 13 points of damage. Um, if you pull up his GLSP, uh, it does not like his chances at all. 73% of his matches going underneath uh, five points. However, 
as you said, there's the option of adding him, them dropping him and taking the kicker. Uh, and I, as we've spoke about here, it's imperative that we move forward, but I'm yeah. still kind of on the fence of if like, what are the odds that Granton really would even matter? Well, you know, that's where it gets tricky because the Bengals have been getting um, shredded by tight ends, but they've also had a really unlucky run where they've played a bunch of really good ones. Right. So in the past six weeks, they played George Kittle, Dalton Kincaid, Dalton Schultz, Mark Andrews before he was hurt, Pat Fryermuth, and then Evan Ingram. So, I mean, that's like that's like all the tight end ones, basically, yep. um, or half of them. So, I mean, Granson's not on that level, but um, from a tight end premium perspective, yeah, you, you would see – you know, Dalton Schultz without a touchdown, still managed 13 points. Um, so, Mark Andrews it had them in the game where he got hurt. Uh, he was uh, had two catches for 23 yards, and then the team didn't really adjust to using likely uh, in that game. But we saw Fryermuth erupt. Evan Ingram erupted. You know, th- those guys both had, I think, eight or nine receptions. Kittle and Kincaid both had nine and ten receptions. Yeah. So, you know, I, well, so if it you, just depends. You know, how much of it's the Bengals, how much of it is the right. opponent. So if you want to kind of control for the level of opponent faced, uh, we can look in the passing game matchup Raider. Now, we don't have last week's results in here, but heading into last week, um, Cincinnati was allowing tight ends to score 103% of points per game, which was middle of the pack. Uh, so if you assume that you get a typical performance out of Granson somewhere in there and the majority of outcomes, you know, then you're probably not looking at that high of a total for him, despite the fact that we have seen them, as you said, get shredded the last couple of games. Yeah. Well, I will say this, even in all of those games, the Bengals did not allow a receiving touchdown uh, to one of those tight ends until Ingram got in the end zone um, on Monday night. Which, by the so way, that, our boy yeah. Evan Ingram, that's a testament to what he's done this yeah. year because he hasn't even scored a touchdown, but he's been, you know, very viable week in and week out. Yeah. So so over this past stretch here, the Bengals are a bottom three team and PPR allowed to the position, uh, bottom five and unexpected points allowed to the position, bottom five and fantasy points over expectation allowed to the position. So, I mean, first and yak, um, those are, you know, the yak, that's some, that's an area where, you know, there is a little bit of concern. So Granson battled injuries through the back half of the season here, but in his last, um, you know, his, his last two games where he provided utility, you know, he had three catches for 67 yards, three catches for 72 yards. If you put a touchdown on top of that, you're talking about a nearly 20-point week um, and, and tight end premium. So that's, I mean, he's got, a, you know, that might only be a 10%, you know, type of outcome um, this week. So I, I, I totally get it. If we don't want to get that deep on it, um, you know, and we just want to concern ourselves with blocking the quarterback, I'm totally fine with that. And then, you know, we could go a different direction with, you know, one of these other claims. We could just get speculative on a, you know, on a running back here. Um, if you wanted to do that, you know, I, go I, after Trey Sermon or Patrick Taylor, maybe something like that. Chase Brown, even Chase Brown was more in, involved this past week. Yeah, actually, uh, Chase Brown would be the most interesting to me of those, of those three guys. I think from the opportunity cost perspective of not going or of going Granson and not going with those running backs, I actually am inclined to say that in that analysis, we do go and we do add Granson, then see what's left at running back. And if we wanted uh, 
try to add one of those guys later because this other team's going to have to prioritize what they're doing too, and they're probably not going to be getting down to that level. So if we did, uh, so we could do a two layered thing here where if, if this guy is going to spend every dime, um, he's going to spend every dime on one of the quarterbacks and he's probably going to go. Cause that's his, that's the biggest issue. I he's mean, probably just going to go I'm, all of his money on every possible option, right? He's going to go all of his money on Flacco and Browning. And then the question will be, does he just go like four deep with that $48 right. bid um, and then try to get, you know, and then just hang all of his hopes on, I mean, is, is Waller even available? I don't think Waller. Uh, yeah. I, it's not looking like so he's going to be back. Even, I think yeah, he, is, he is available, but it doesn't look as of he's now that the team is playing. He's progressing playing. in his recovery. Yeah. Uh, so, he's running routes today. That's the update. So maybe he takes a chance there or he, you know, bids 47 on all those quarterbacks and bids a dollar on like a million tight ends. So yeah. we could, you know, if, if we wanted to go that route, what we could do here is just throw, you know, like a 10 spot on, on Granson and, and uh, then layer chase Brown underneath it. And then, you know, if, if he has to use those dollars to get grants in, you know, then we get, we get Chase Brown. The, the other argument maybe against prioritizing Granson over Brown is if, if we're going to win the, the title, it, I mean, we Chase Brown as a player, we could end up starting. Um, Granson, we would truly just playing defense with. He's not going to ever start over Kincaid or Kelsey. We're not going to stream him in the flex over our other options. Whereas Brown... You know, this team is thin behind Brees Hall and James Conner. Um, it, it may, like, be more important for us to have uh, an additional running back here. All right. After hearing all of that, evaluating all of these options, I'm, I would prioritize the I would prioritize Chase Brown over the blocking on Cranston. So, so I think we do. Let's, let's just go we'll go with a $49 bid on Chase Brown. Um, layered with Kylan Granson underneath. We'll drop Brandon McManus to accomplish that. Yep. And then we will come back and then back and we'll drop one of the two quarterbacks for another kicker on Sunday morning. Yep. Right. Yes. I and like then we're going to drop it. We're going to drop Lazard and MVS uh, for those quarterbacks. Yep. Got it. All right. That is in. So, yeah. I mean, let us know what you think uh, about that strategy. Hopefully that gives you a little bit of a, a, a line of sight into how you could be playing your waiver wire moves as you uh, plan all of those things on Wednesday or Thursday, depending on the timing in your league. I, the last thing I wanted to do here, Dave, just for the the benefit of the listeners, is to look at our strength of schedule streaming app and identify some some defenses that could make sense to stash for the stretch run here for other yeah. people that are in situations where their waiver wire uh, locks up. So we we're in a great spot here with having Pittsburgh and Indianapolis. Others may not be in that type of situation, and we've got to give them some options. You know, what's a good 
combination of defenses that you could add if you're trying to make sure you've got one to start each week. Yeah, for sure. And I talk about this all the time, but I think this is one of the most important things you can be doing once you get to like week eight is trying to load up on some of these teams that are going to be towards the top of the fantasy streaming app when you reach this point. But now, especially more than ever, if you have not done any of that exercise, you've got to make sure that you pop in there. Now, there's some good teams at the top that are likely already rostered, but I do think we have some options. So just to kind of set the parameters, Curtis, what weeks are we going to add into this analysis as we're looking through? Are we going to go weeks 14 to 17, or are we going to assume that we should look at 15 to 17 because you know teams are already making their week 14, or listeners are already making their week 14 selection? I think, you know, I think you just do 14 to 17 and, and we can talk about, you know, if there's a team that makes the cut there that is weaker this week, you know, we can highlight that, but I'm not sure that that's going to be the case looking at my first uh, sample yep. here that's coming back in the, in the tool. So uh, just in case you haven't used this app much uh, this year before Dave gets into some of these teams, a reminder is on rotoviz.com. Um, if you go to tools and then go down to SOS streaming app, it's on one of our end season fantasy tools stands for strength of schedule streaming app. You can uh, actually select DST, which stands for defense and special teams, and then go to custom range, pick the weeks that you want. And then you'll get um, kind of a heat map uh, slash matrix um, showing you uh, the teams and the, the quality of their matchups over the sample that you've selected. One other note on that too. Um, these are not going to jive with what you see um, when you go to other sites, especially at the other positions, uh, because I'm doing some math and some calculations in there that are controlling for the level of difficulty of the schedule that that team has faced. So we're not just looking at like total points per game surrendered by those defenses, because obviously teams that have played a much easier schedule would look more favorable if you're just going off of that. So you might see that and be kind of confused, but there's uh, you know, a methodology behind it that we have found makes sense. All right, Dave, why don't you run down? It looks like there's actually, I mean, I think these top six teams, other than the number one team, the number one team is not going to be available. Yes. But I think the next five are all going to be available. And somebody's going to be able to find one of these defenses in, yeah. in their league, even if they've got some opponents that have been stashing up. So uh, let us know who they are. And if there's a pair that makes sense, you know, that their schedules kind of jive with right. each other. Well, the first team would be Cleveland. So if you have Cleveland, my word, are you well positioned? Because they've got a Trevor Lawrence list. Trevor Lawrence list will say Jacksonville team in week 14, followed by three games that are, Two of them are in the green. They do have Houston in week 16, which might not be the best, but I mean, that's a phenomenal schedule to have. But behind them, if teams that could be available, right? You have Atlanta, Houston, Green Bay, New Orleans, uh, the Commanders, Jacksonville. One way that you could play this as you start to look at these, Houston has the Jets in week 14, followed by Cleveland in week 16. You could then pair them, if possible, with a team like Atlanta, who would have Carolina in week 15, Chicago in week 17, or potentially uh, also sandwich in there the commanders who have the Jets in week 16. Um, There's definitely some variations like that you could do. Also, if you get down a little bit further, a team like Pittsburgh could be available. They have New England followed by Indy. Then you pair them with somebody like Atlanta, who then would have Indy and Chicago, or even Jacksonville, who has Tampa Bay and Carolina. Uh, 
in week 16 and 17. So there's definitely some different iterations, different uh, permutations you could go through there. I might have gone through that too fast for people that don't have this table available to digest. So I'm going to pause there for a second, Curtis, and let you comment. Uh, the only so just to recap that we don't expect Cleveland to be available, but Atlanta, Houston, Green Bay, New Orleans, Washington, and Jacksonville really the teams that have at least two startable weeks uh, per our streaming app over the next four. That's Atlanta, Houston, Green Bay, New Orleans, Washington, and Jacksonville. If you need, let's say, all right, well, hey, I've already got, you know, I've got, uh, you know, Baltimore or Cincinnati or Denver, a team that I've been riding the past couple of weeks, but they don't necessarily have great matchups this week. And I just really need a 14, a week 14 boost. Um, let, let's zero in here, Dave, because I know you've got some of this in the um, GLSP that yep. you could look at. Yep. Um what, what our strength of schedule streaming app says is Houston, Green Bay, New Orleans, probably the three top uh, defenses that would be available. If somebody just needed a, a one week streamer, why don't you pull that up in the GLSP and yep. see if one of those teams kind of rises to the top or maybe rank those three even yep. so people can order their bids. So, so this week in the GLSP, Houston against the Jets looks very well positioned with an average of 9.9. So they would be the top option there. We also see, you know, from the perspective of the streaming app, them being well reflected. They are followed by Jacksonville, San Francisco, New Orleans, Baltimore, and Green Bay. So I believe that three of the teams that you had mentioned, we have uh, in the top 10 this week. All right. So, yeah, we see uh, we see some overlap with Houston, Green Bay, and New Orleans there. Yep. I think, you know, grabbing two out of those three teams. If you, if, if you were prioritizing from those three, uh, a team just for the next two weeks, for example, yep. it would probably would be Hughes, New, or- New, Orleans. New Orleans or Houston yes. over, yep. over Green Bay. I think those would be the two that I'd prefer. Yep. New Orleans has been really ice cold uh, from a fantasy defense perspective the past month and a half or so. But Carolina and New York, I mean, that's as good as it gets for, for back-to-back weeks. Mm-hmm. That'll make, a, I think, any any team hot. So. Now, hopefully that helps you with your defense uh, strategy there on the waiver wire. If you need other waiver wire ideas, of course, Dave and I focusing a little bit on deeper plays because we were using our uh, fantasy pros championship team as the example here. Maybe you are in a league that uh, doesn't cut off your waivers or maybe you're in a shallower format like an ESPN public league or a Yahoo public league. If that's the case and you need some names that are maybe just a little bit more widely available and you're choosing, you know, amongst players like Ty J Spears and Ezekiel Elliott, Antonio Gibson, that type of player is still available in your league. Uh, Bjorn uh, Yang Vernet has a great weekly article he's been doing all year for us. And he went a little deeper than normal because of the importance of week 14 on the site. So it's called Win the Waiver Wire. You can check that out still on the front page of Rotoviz dot com this week anything you want to add dave before we sign off and uh put these bits in and block our opponent (laughs) i guess just the final thing that i would add here is don't be lazy this week right go in do your due diligence make your full review get this team well positioned start thinking about the coming weeks and i think you've reached the point you kind of got to trust yourself right if there's a move that you're feeling like you got to make you got to do it for your team Don't be shy. Make that move. Go forth and bring home a championship.
Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214. And make sure to rate, review, and subscribe.